This hour of In the Zone is sponsored by Twin Peaks and Southeastern Fitness Equipment. All the football talk you can handle before we head into the weekend. Let's kick things off with a man who needs no introduction. Milton slips the tackle, dodges outside, and scores. Mackenzie Milton. Wizard dream from Milton. Mackenzie Milton joining us here on the hotline today. This segment brought to you by Twin Peaks and Southeastern Fitness Equipment. KZ, welcome to the show. How's your week shaping up? Man, it's going good, man. Really no complaints. A lot of lot of sports going on week in and week out. So uh, yeah. It's a good time of year. The equinox as we called it yesterday. Uh what uh what'd you think of this Christian McCaffrey trade sent over to San Francisco to help beef up their run game? Yeah, I think that puts San Fran into immediate contender for a Super Bowl in the NFC title because really the NFC is wide open. The Eagles, to me, are probably the best team in that conference. But really, after that, it's kind of a crapshoot with all the other teams, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you. I have the the Niners as the second best team, and I don't think it's that far away. It just looks like it record wise. Uh, one of the things that we'll be watching for this weekend, it looks like Tua is going to suit up for the Dolphins on Sunday sure. night. Um, he'll be stepping back out onto the field for the first time since that hit injury. How nervous will you be watching him go out there after all that he's been through? Yeah, you know, you just hope and pray that it's the last head injury that he has really in his career. Because from what they say, and you know, I don't, I'm not a scientist or anything like that. You know, once you get one, you're more prone to get another. From you know everything I've heard as a player, but. You know, I think he's ready in the sense of, you know, if the doctors cleared him and whatnot, just, you know, hopefully he stays upright. The O-line does a good job, but definitely going to be nervous watching him for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think we all feel that way. We're all going to kind of, every time he gets tackled, do a little wince, and hopefully we... Yeah, hold, hold your breath a little. Exactly. Hopefully he needs to get past it first, and hopefully we're able to get past it too. All right, last week it was easy for you. I, uh, I've been asking you the, the last couple of weeks, the quarterback matchup in the NFL to watch for, and they teed up Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes for yep. us. But what about this week? A little bit more of a challenge. What do you have for us? Yeah, I got Mariota and Burrow, you know, two former Heisman winners, um, Atlanta and Cincinnati. Both teams, you know, having up and down years, but both teams are actually playing pretty good football. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And obviously, you know, I grew up watching Mariota and then Burrow's, you know, propelled himself to one of the best players in the NFL. So that's that's my one to circle. Not a lot of, you know, marquee QB matchups in all honesty this weekend in the league. Yeah. Do you like the way that, that Mariota has sort of transformed his game or – the way that Arthur Smith is using him in that offense, because it just seems like they're leaning into his talents as a runner a little bit more than maybe we saw in the past. I don't know if, if that was per coaching or him just trying to become more of a, a static in the pocket passer, but it just it almost feels like a college offense when I'm watching Atlanta, and I mean that as a compliment because it's working for them. Yeah, yeah. You know, I say I think he was a little banged up in his time at Tennessee too. Um, just with like shoulder injuries, knee injuries, and whatnot. So I think that kind of limited, you know, what he's what makes him special, right? Um, but it's been fun to just see him back at the helm as a starting QB. To me, he's, you know, growing up watching him, that's a guy I emulated and looked up to. Just seeing him get another opportunity at Atlanta, um, I think he's going to do really, really well there and have, you know, kind of resurrect his career in a sense out there. 
Chatting with Mackenzie Milton here. Let's turn to the college football world. Tennessee versus Alabama last week lived up to the hype and then some. How great of a game was that? How much fun was that for college football fans everywhere? Yeah, that was probably the game of the year, no doubt about it. Just two really good QBs going back and forth, two really good coaches going back and forth. And really is whoever had the ball last is going to win. And, you know, that knuckleball of a kick went through. Um, I don't know how, but super happy for Coach Hype and those guys. Hennon Hooker played lights out. Bryce Young played lights out. I think I think there's a good chance to see both those teams in the playoffs. It is amazing, too, because if you start to do the math on it, you could actually fit three SEC teams into the college yeah, football playoff. If everything breaks the right way. I think Alabama will probably has to win the SEC championship. Tennessee would have to play against Bama. Tennessee has to beat Georgia still, so there's still a lot of moving and shaking. But you, so you think that that's a possibility? Yeah, I think if Clemson drops one, and you know, I don't know if Ohio State will end up losing, but I think whoever wins the Big Ten between probably Michigan yeah. and uh, Michigan and Ohio State will get that playoff bid. But if Clemson drops one in the ACC, I don't know if they'll get in with. You know, those three SEC teams are kind of they're kind of on a different level. So back to the Tennessee thing, you kind of called it, too, because I asked you about what kind of trickery Josh Heupel might have in this game, and he just found ways to get guys in space. It felt like Hendon Hooker was hitting guys with no Alabama players around him multiple times throughout the course of the game, a bunch of big plays. What did you think of the game that he called, and just in general, Josh Heupel as a play caller, somebody who played in his system? Yeah, you know, I. in all honesty, they really haven't changed much from, you know, what I ran in 2018. So from formations to motions to playing with tempo, it's it's kind of been the same. It's just as a defense, you really have to line up and play man coverage. And where I think Alabama's lacking this year is in the secondary. They don't have a patch or tan back there. They don't have the same same guys that they've had in the past. And that's just part of it. You know, you have to reload and rebuild. But the Hyatt guy was running wide open time and time again, and you just don't see that a lot with with Alabama defenses. But, you know, Nick Saban coming off a loss, I think they'll get that cleaned up. But, you know, you spread these guys using all 56 yards across the field, you really have no choice but to line up and play man. And Tennessee with the transfer portal, getting guys from all over the country and you know, is a match made in heaven to for Coach Hype and Danny White over there just to resurrect Tennessee in a span of two years. Do you think Hendon Hooker is an NFL quarterback? Yes, I do. Um, I don't know if he's an NFL starter. Um, I think he has a chance to be a first-round draft pick if, if he continues on this trajectory he is. But I do think he's got an NFL arm talent. Um, the only caveat in running that offense is – it's effective in college because, in my opinion, because of the hashes. But in NFL, it's a lot tighter, right? These hashes are only eight yards apart, and it's hard to to run that system because hash to hash, it's it's so much closer. Um, so I think you'll have a learning curve. But I mean, he's super accurate. He's strong. He's big. He's fast. So yeah, I think I think he has a chance to play on Sundays. Um, maybe have to 
take a couple years to learn, but I think in due time, he could potentially start on Sundays, no doubt. So so spell this out for me, because I've been trying to figure this one out uh, all week, and and there's usually a quarterback or two that fits into this category, uh, category every year, because he's got the size, he's got the tools, he's got all the things that you look for aesthetically, but then there's there is that sort of that learning curve, college-style offense. What exactly is it about that offense or even just him as a player where you feel like it would take time in order for him to make that transition? What is it that he needs to do differently? Well, I don't think it's necessarily anything he can do differently now. It's just it's just a different ball of wax when you get to the NFL. Not that... I'm not saying coach hype in them system is gimmicky, but in the sense of it's a college system. I don't think that system will translate well into the NFL just because, like I said, the hash, the hash to hash difference, it's, it's a condensed game. It's an in the box game to where you have to scheme up with formations and motions and, and get creative to get guys in separation. Um, so I just think it's more of a learning curve in the sense of actually huddling up, calling plays in the huddle, um, game managing, not just playing up tempo all day until there's four minutes left in the game and you're trying to get into four minute oh, but you haven't done that the whole the whole other fifty six minutes. So I think it's just a learning curve in the sense that you have to adapt, huddle up, call plays that are a lot longer. You're tagging wide receivers, calling different motions. Whereas in that offense, most most of the time you're getting man coverage, you're just looking off the of safety and throwing to guys running open. Um so to me, you know, that's going to be the biggest learning curve out of anybody that's kind of playing in that, you know, bit old Baylor RPO system going into that league. You see it with like a guy like Bryce Petty, he didn't really pan out. You know, that that might have been a reason why. Really interesting. I mean, I love picking your brain on this stuff. As far as the the reaction from from fans in this town, do you get the sense that UCF fans were happy for Josh Heupel, or did they just never really form that connection because he wasn't here long enough? You are you kind of have your finger on the pulse of UCF Nation. Do you get a sense that that they reacted positively to Josh Heupel winning, or is it almost more of like a bitterness, like hey, you, you could have done that here, or something like that? Yeah, I think I think most of the, the UCF fans were were excited for him just you know, gauging off social media and whatnot. I was extremely happy for him and that whole staff. Just it was it was fun to watch, man. He's he, he was a great coach to me, a great mentor to me. And just seeing them like I said, being able to do what they've done in two years, I don't think any other coach or A D in the country could have done could have pulled off what they have and it goes to you know, I go to the system, man. It's it's plug and play. They got athletes all over the field, and they got a trigger man that can go make it happen. So, you know, hats off to those guys. I'm super, super, super happy for Coach Hype, and I I think they have a chance to win it all, man. I really do. They got a sound defense. Their D coordinator dials it up. I think they have a chance to win the national championship this year. Nobody can stop that offense. So watching them against Georgia is going to be the interesting test. But let's switch gears, McKenzie, to UCF. I know this is going to be a big topic of conversation surrounding this game is that it's a look-ahead spot. How do you avoid looking ahead to bigger games coming up the following week against Cincinnati how do you avoid that? And I guess separately, is that actually a thing? Because I almost think sometimes we invent that a little bit in the media. But take us inside the locker room. How do you deal with that? And is that actually something that that occurs? 
No, it, it, you're 100% spot on. You know, in 2017, we had a big, big game on the horizon where USF was on the brink of being undefeated and we were on the brink of being undefeated. But we had to go into Temple the week prior, whereas, you know, 40 degrees and, you know, no Florida kids like playing in that, no Hawaii kid likes playing in that. So we call that the game before the game, right? You've got to go in and execute. You can't overlook your opponent. And ECU is a formidable opponent. Um, they got a QB there that's well-seasoned, um, throws a lot of touchdowns, takes care of the ball, he's accurate, can ad-lib a little bit. And ECU's honestly a tough place to play just in my past experience. So it's, if we overlook these guys, we're going to be in for a long 60 minutes. But just top to bottom, we're much more talented and we should handle business tomorrow night. What does the UCF need to do schematically or just the, the areas of the field where they need to play well in order to get the job done? Because it, it is, I mean, it's a tight spread. It's on the road. It's not like ECU is a bad team, so they kind of need to be the best versions of themselves. What does that have to look like for UCF? I think the biggest thing, they got to dominate both sides of the line of scrimmage. and You know, it's really their first true road test because only, we've only taken a trip down to FAU and we've kind of grown accustomed to these, you know, FAU, FIU, USF games kind of being home away from home games. So it's the first road test. So I think, you know, they're going to have to take a punch in the mouth and throw a couple back and really just hone in on ECU's QB. Just don't let him out live and get him on his back because he's, he is a good player. He's, I think he's been in college longer than I was. So um, it'll be interesting to see, uh, tomorrow night pans out but i think the, the line of scrimmage is going to be the biggest thing we got to run the ball and we got to stop the run and you know be opportunistic opportunistic on defense yeah i think ehlers was the starting quarterback back in 2018 uh, or, or maybe even sooner maybe even earlier than that but at least 2018 yeah he's been there a long time man he's i think he's the all-time uh american league just off of being there 10 years right yeah i mean he's good but uh yeah part of that also is just sort of being around this segment sponsored by twin peaks and southeastern fitness equipment mackenzie milton you can always uh find him right here at five o'clock on fridays enjoy the football weekend my friend you as well brother mackenzie milton always good stuff from him love the insight on hendon hooker josh heupel's offense and all of that great stuff if you ever miss any of those conversations we podcast it, make it super easy to find in the zone on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, and on Spotify. All right, you've all been waiting for it. Stone Cold Locks of the Week are back, and they are next.